I want to start by uh, saying this, and it may seem odd. You are already in heaven. You're in heaven right now. You have everything that you're going to have in heaven right now, sort of. And we're going to get into that. We're in this series called The Bible. Last week we talked about what is the Bible exactly. Today we're going to talk about the message of the Bible, the central message of the Bible. Jesus' first words were, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. That phrase, the kingdom of God, what does that mean? What does it mean, the kingdom of God? Jesus said it 110 times in the Gospels. But for those of us who are disciples of Jesus, like it, we really don't understand what this means, but it is the message of the Bible. Jesus, it was his first words. And the very last words in the book of Acts, uh, the apostle Paul, were two years in a rented house, and he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. You are very, very lucky today because for the very first time as part of my message, I am going to draw you some pictures. Who's excited? Huh? Now that's the excitement I'm looking for. Don't, don't you turn the thing off. Here we go. So um, I want to draw this picture because, and it's going to be up on the science screens for those of you at home, you're, you're going to see it. So last week we talked about how Yahweh is God's name. All right? And um, Yahweh is what is called an Elohim, a supernatural being. And I talked about how Yahweh created other gods. And if you weren't here last week, you didn't have the opportunity to be confused like people were last week. So I'm going to answer some of these questions. Yahweh created what was called gods in the Old Testament. Now, in the Bible, there are four archangels. What are their names? Help me out. Michael. Gabriel, we know from intertestamental literature, Raphael, and then the fourth one was Lucifer. Okay? These are archangels, and then the Bible says that there are multiplied trillions of beings under them. The Old Testament calls these gods or Elohim. In the New Testament, they're called angels or demons. Okay? Now, when we read the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, it's sort of like reading a book that has 32 chapters, and we started reading it in chapter 30. There's all of this stuff that has gone on. And everything that has gone on has been this. 
there was a world that was created. And let me, that's like Texas. And anyway, I'm a, um, and then there, there's, there's, there's us, right? And what the Bible says is that when we open the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, something has happened. And I want you to, to be able to draw this drawing for people because this is what the kingdom of God is. So something has happened. Lucifer and all of his dominion, minions, now control what Colossians calls the kingdom of darkness. Our world is a part of the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God, you, you were just praying for me to trip, aren't you? The kingdom of God is Yahweh, his angels, and the kingdom of darkness. And what happened was with Jesus, God became a human being and initiated a, re, uh, a reclamation effort. It started an insurrection on our world, taking people back one at a time. When Jesus, God became a human being, Jesus came to announce that God was taking back this world from the kingdom of darkness. So everybody gets that? Now, this is so incredibly important for those of you who have struggled in life or you're going to struggle in life. Why would God create these beings. Why, why did God do that? Let me ask you this question. Every single time you see in the Bible, an angel showing up, what are they doing? They're communicating a message from God. So the Greek word for angel, angelos, means messenger. In other words, God created these beings so that at specific times in history, if he needed to communicate a very special message, think of the times, showing up to Mary, Joseph. When, imagine God showing up, you, we, we would all pee our pants, wouldn't we? So a manifestation, a communicator from God, an angelos, shows up to give us a message. That's what angels do. In the kingdom of God, the realm of God, the kingdom is a bad translation. It's the realm because the only people who understand kingdom are my friend Mark right here because he's British. And so realm, a realm, the rule of God is this is the place everybody is where, everybody is, where God is obeyed perfectly. The realm of God is where God is obeyed. So if you become a disciple of Jesus and you give him your heart and you're obeying him, you are a part of the kingdom of God. You're pulled out of the kingdom of darkness. Here is what people need to understand. The function of these people that when Lucifer and all of his minions fell away and are now in charge of the kingdom of darkness, their role doesn't change. They're still communicating information. 
Their job now is to get people to not believe in Yahweh and Jesus. Their job is to lie. Look at this verse. Uh, Cain, if you'd go to the, the verse that says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And what that means is that whenever you talk to someone or you're listening to someone and they're telling you something that is not taught in Scripture, that person has become a mouthpiece for what? For God? No. For Lucifer and demons. We see that. Jesus is in Matthew chapter 16. He's been with his disciples for a couple years. He looks at them and says, who do people think that I am? And Peter says, ah, people have a lot of different ideas. But in the Jesus is like, who do you think I am, Peter? And he's like, I, I think you're the Messiah. And then Jesus was like, you nailed it. In fact, we're getting, all of us are getting ready to hop in a bus and go down to Jerusalem. And I'm going to get beaten to death and hung on a cross. And what does Peter do? Peter grabs Jesus and says what? He grabs Jesus and says, you're not going to suffer. And then Jesus looks back at him and says, in Greek. Get behind me. And he doesn't say Peter. What does he say? Get behind me, Satan. Last week we talked about how the Bible is a once and for all given a once and for all given static communication from God of his will of how we're to enter the kingdom and how we're to live in the kingdom and the whole entire point now the strategy is for these minions and part of the kingdom of darkness is to cast doubt on the veracity of the Bible and to get people to live out of alignment with it. And people do that a multitude of ways. Every single time there's something that's in our culture that aligns with Scripture, then all of our non-aligns with Scripture us. But when the culture shifts and it doesn't align with the Bible, what do we do? We're scared to say anything, right? Because we don't want people not to like us. People will make fun of us. Why? Where do they come up with these ideas? Is it just like a random development of evolutionary thought that people will think a certain way about how to be a human being? No, the Bible says that the kingdom of darkness is speaking through people. We're going to talk about that more in a second. Now, um, I have to erase this. While I'm doing this, I want you to lean to the person next to you, and I want you to say yes or no, whether or not you believe that in seventh grade, I was a part of advanced art lessons. Go. Go. Who says yes? Thank you. You are correct. Advance our lessons. Take that. Now, last week when I talked about this, I didn't draw a picture, 
So some people were confused. Here's what I said. I said is that Yahweh created other gods. And I said these were in the Old Testament called gods. In the New Testament, they're called angels. What people heard was that Yahweh is the chief God, and then he went and created, the, he went, the Muslim God, and the Jewish God, and the Hindu God, and any kind of God you can come up with. The, you know, the, the, the God taught in the Gita, the Buddhist God, and that sort of thing. And the reality is, I didn't say that. Do not exist. The gods that do exist are the ones that fell away and that whisper into people's ears to create ideas and systems and beliefs that are in opposition to God. Very, very different. There's one God. But in the Old Testament, Elohim was a category of supernatural, invisible beings. Yahweh, angels, as well as demons. Okay? Now, the question is, how is the kingdom expanded? And again, I have to erase this, and so you're going to take another quiz. And this quiz is, should Brian shave his beard? Lean over to the person next to you. Lisa yesterday grabbed me and she was like, ah, 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 no, nah, that needs to go. We're, we're good. We're good. So if you like it, you need the, the queen of darkness is wanting me to cut it. So, okay. All right. No, I'm just kidding. She says it's fine. So how does the kingdom expand? The kingdom, of, the kingdom expands like this. These are human beings that are in the kingdom and there are people these are both dead and alive the the live ones are going and sharing the message of the kingdom of God with people in darkness who is this this is your grandmother who isn't a Christian yet she is a part of the kingdom of darkness kingdom of darkness and these people are a part of the kingdom of God And so every single time someone, and for those of you who are here, uh, you heard the message of Jesus, you said, yes, I believe it, I want to be a part of that, you are forgiven of your sins, you're baptized, and you are included in the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God expands one person at a time. And the way the kingdom expands is three ways. Number one, we proclaim... Number two, we have authority over demons. And then the third is, sorry, when Lisa taught first grade, she was like, honey, you're not going to believe this, but my first graders write better than you. Compassion. So the way the kingdom expands is first we tell people about it, right? We tell people about it. And it says like in Philip in the Bible in Acts chapter 8. 
It says, Philip proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, and they were both baptized, men and women. So we've seen 3,500 people go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, like it talks about in Colossians chapter 1. Some of you are there. Some of you are still here. We know this because you're wearing Dallas jerseys. So, but you're in the kingdom of darkness, and... I don't want to pull any punches. That's where you are right now. And you have wonderful ideas about why you don't want to go in here and how crazy I am in this church and that sort of thing. That doesn't change the fact where you are and what we want to see happen. So we're going to keep proclaiming the gospel to you. The other way that the kingdom of God expands is there are people who are trapped in darkness. And we have been given authority over demonic powers. Very first time did a support group for sexual abuse. It wasn't, wasn't in this church, it was at another church. I advertised it and I lost track of the number of women that came up to me in the hallway and said, what I'm about to tell you, I've never told another human being. And just this horrific story of pain that they've and shame that they've been carrying the reason it's, it's, it's the shame and in the dark is because if you want to hurt me, you can come up and punch me in the face. But if you want to really hurt me, you hurt one of my kids, right? And it's the same way with you. For those of you who have kids, hey, you can hurt me all day long. But if you really want to hurt me, you're going to hurt one of my kids. So what Satan will do is because God is unassailable, He'll hurt his children. And so he'll create systems of oppression. He'll create behaviors of brokenness. And what we do as disciples of Jesus is that we have the authority of Jesus over the demonic powers. And so there's a verse that says when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to, cat, to drive out all demons and cure diseases. And so that's what we do. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, Lisa and I had an opportunity to, to befriend a wonderful woman who, when she was five years old, her um, grandparents were literally in the occult. The parents, unbeknownst to them, would drop their daughter off at their grandparents and then they would go back in their barn and other people would join them and there would be um, worship ceremonies to Satan and then they would go and pick up people that are hitchhikers and they would um, kill them in these satanic ceremonies and then she would be sexually abused as a part of this and then overnight to keep her from saying anything to her parents, the grandparents would put her into a a casket with the dead body overnight and at night the a, a demon would manifest itself and she became friends with it it was the only person that was there with them and I thought this was nuts right and she was like listen can you help me this so she's a grown adult now kids married will you help me because every single counselor I've ever gone to quits when they find out what I'm into or how I've been hurt because weird things start happening to them. I'm like, well, what weird things? I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm not really worried. She said, no, trust me. 
every single counselor I've been to, and she named off like 20, thinks they get attacked as they're trying to rescue her. And so I'm telling her, I'm not scared at all of this. I'm thinking to myself, what am I getting into, right? I didn't really believe it. So it was was a church event. We were in the hallway. She was sharing this with me. And um, so I go home. I'm driving home. And on the way home, my fuel pump blows up. And then my carburetor goes, and I'm, and I have this long streak of oil that went all the way up to my driveway. I hit um, the, uh, I hit, why am I going, drawing a blank? The, the garage door opener. And then when I, as soon as I hit the garage door opener, the spring broke in half. So I went in through the front door. Lisa was putting the kids down for the night. She left me some food to warm up. I put the food into the microwave, and the microwave literally exploded. And I'm like, I'm going to go to bed. I go to bed within an hour. I am kneeling over the toilet, violently vomiting, and I go to bed finally at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I have this dream of this person with a goat head and a small child and they're grabbing her hand and making her stab the body. And the next day she said, that's exactly what happened to me. That image, the goat had everything. I thought, well, this is different and scary and frightening, but it's not because all this is is a smoke screen. All it is is a smoke screen. They may have the authority to do things like that, but the Bible says we have authority over them. So over the next few days, we led her through a process that completely and utterly rid her from the power of darkness over her life. And now she is a disciple of Jesus, right? Power of God's in her life. It's amazing. And it's not just me, but it's also you. You have been given the authority and the power to do that. And the reason we've been given the authority and power is that how many people do you know that are in this world and they feel completely alone, this world of darkness? And then suddenly someone comes and brings them light. They bring them hope. That's what we do. Now, the last thing that we do is that we bring compassion. Um, The Bible says, Jesus is like, listen, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Every single time we talk about an issue of justice in, in, in the world... There's always a small group of people that get ticked off. When I talked about police officers and how we need to be supportive of police officers, people got ticked off. And then when I said, but we also need to hold them accountable, and you talk to any police officer, and they want to hold themselves accountable. They're, they don't want to hurt people. These are people that risk their lives every single day. They go, some, some people left. When I talked about how we need to show kindness and compassion and work for justice, For people in this country who their great, great, great grandparents were enchained 
enslaved by white people, and there are systems of oppression that still exist, we had some people leave. When we talked about how our planet is so unbelievably screwed up and how we need to take care of it, people left. And the problem is this. People think that we talk about these justice issues because I'm a part of the left wing or the right wing, woke mob or the fundamentalist, whatever it is. And all we're doing is we're doing what Jesus said. People in this world are broken. In the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter what skin color you have. It doesn't matter how much money that you have. It doesn't matter where you were born. In the kingdom of God, everybody matters equally. And when people are not in the kingdom of God, not only tell them that they need to be a part of the kingdom of God, like Martin Luther King said, if that road is broken... Where the Good Samaritan is. We help the Good Samaritan. But if we go out the next day and the next day and people keep getting hurt and killed on the road to Jericho, we have to say there's something wrong with that road. And we have the power and the ability to fix it. And to help people. And it's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat, a Libertarian. A Rep- it doesn't matter what it is. It's the kingdom of God. And so what will happen is... If the justice issue is in vogue in our culture, everyone's like, way to go, church, you're awesome. Or like in the first century, where people would say, all life is precious, whether it's a baby that's been discarded in Rome because it wasn't a boy, or elderly people who are being sent out to die, it is a justice issue. I could care less about political movements. I care about the kingdom And in the kingdom, this is what every tribe, tongue, and language, as we're going to look at next week, is worshiping God. Now, I have to, uh, I've got a minute, I've got to do this. And so while I'm erasing this, the final quiz is, do I look better in yellow or green? Okay? All right. We started this by saying that you were already in heaven, sort of. And what I meant by that is, this is Yahweh, who became Jesus. And here's the world. Jesus lived until he was 30 plus, And then he went back. And now, Jesus' representative... The Holy Spirit is here so that we are worshiping this morning as a community and our friends who are having such a tough time down in Panama, they're worshiping with us and Jesus is here and in Panama. Couldn't happen in the first century. So when we say we are already in heaven, sort of, what we are saying is there are things now that are true. This is the kingdom of darkness that we've been rescued from. This is the kingdom of light that we've been brought into the kingdom of God. We are forgiven. We are made new. We are given the Holy Spirit. Jesus is with us. All of these things are true right now. So the question that I want to ask you is this. Does, when does eternal life start? 
Eternal life starts the moment we believe. It says this, whoever believes in the son has eternal life now. Whoever rejects the son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on them. So the question is where, next question is where is heaven? And what a lot of people think is that heaven is like up here in this box. You're in heaven right now. You also happen to be in hell. For those of you who are non-believers, you are in hell right now. Fortunately for you, you're still rubbing shoulders with people who are part of heaven. When we read Bible verses like, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven comes from the Greek word uranos, which meant the sky. And if you're in the first century, and if you have never been outside of your continent, let alone realizing that the world is round and we're, not, we're one of billions of planets in the solar system, it's very easy to think heaven is up there, heaven or hell is down there. Heaven is not up there, and hell is not down there. It is in a different realm of existence. What we see, taste, touch, feel, and hear, we cross over from our physical bodies into another existence, and it's not bound by space and time. So the question is this. When we look at this picture right here, we understand it. This is the picture of the Hubble Deep Field. Um, can we go to the next one, the Hubble Deep Field? There we go. How do you draw a map of the universe? Right? Because it's up, it's behind you, it's to your sides, it's all around you. It's 360. Heaven is a part of the kingdom wherever Yahweh is. The problem is this. Right now, on earth... There are things that will not remain in heaven. Number one, your physical body. How many of you have things that you would like to change about your physical body? How many of you have cancer? How many of you, whatever it is. In heaven, when you cross over, you're going to get a new body. That's very, very good news, except for people like Brad Pitt. Number two... Satan and the powers of darkness will be contained. Number three, non-believers. And please understand this. At the end of the age, all the non-believers that are on earth will be taken out of the kingdom of God, which fully now controls People who are in the kingdom of darkness. So you have non-believers. You also have Satan. And they are now within a box. And the Bible calls that hell. The other thing that currently exists in our world that will be taken out. And can I get an, aim for, an amen for this? I need you to scream very loudly for this. In heaven... There will not be any Marvel movies. <laughs> Who's excited about that? And then 
Number five, our broken planet. The Bible uses the metaphor of a new heaven and a new earth. Romans chapter 8 says that the earth groans in anticipation for the revelation of who's in the kingdom, the children of God. And so the reality and the reason I think it's so important, so when we talk about this, Jesus is is saying the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. The reason that this is so important is you need to understand, you are not some inconsequential person that is without power and without direction in life. You are an emissary of the king. You are being sent to reclaim lives from the darkness. You have been given authority over demonic powers. You have been given power. You're able to talk directly to Yahweh and he will directly answer your prayers. And together we are assaulting like an insurgency this dark kingdom and this dark world. And ultimately the culmination of it is we want to save every single last person. That's the mission that we're a part of when we say we want to make more and better disciples. And if you haven't guessed it yet, these two weeks have been nothing but preparation to get us ready for our series of the book of Revelation, which is starting next Sunday. Please bring your friends and make sure you're here. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so incredibly thankful that you went back for us. You didn't write us off. You became one of us and modeled for us how to bring people into the kingdom, how to show compassion, how to have just incredible humility, how to not buy into the lies of the principalities and powers that seek to deceive us, that seek to deceive us about who we are, human beings, both men and women, made in your image, born to be people who serve the king. And we pray, God, that in this revelation of who we are in this understanding of who we are in your kingdom we pray God that we change we pray that we partner with you and most importantly we pray for our family and friends who aren't a part of it yet there's still time there's still time God help us to reach them we pray in Jesus name amen thanks for listening to Brian Jones sermons For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.